0: Hey everybody, Andy Hamilton of Track Wrestling coming to you from ice-covered Cedar Falls, Iowa. I'm joined again this week by our Rankings Marvel, David Miracatani. Welcome back, David. How's everything down in St. Louis today? It's not
1: icy, just windy.
0: Everything's good here. How are you doing, Andy? Doing well. Doing well. We got a uh, fun week of wrestling in the books from the previous weekend. Got a huge... Huge weekend coming up um, with Iowa-Oklahoma State. We're going to get to that one in a little bit. But uh, first of all, we're going to give you a little bit of a breakdown of the updated track wrestling rankings. And kicking it off in the team standings, the top ten remains the same this week. Number one, Oklahoma State. Number two, Penn State. Both distanced themselves a little bit more from the pack The Cowboys are up to 107.5 points now, followed by the Nittany Lions at 104.5. Iowa is third with 88, but the Hawkeyes, who we mentioned, Wrestle Sunday and Stillwater, certainly aren't going to be an easy out for the Cowboys, and we're going to get to that a little bit more here in a bit. Ohio State is fourth in the rankings with 80 and a half points, followed by Virginia Tech, Nebraska, Missouri, Cornell, Minnesota, and Illinois, rounding out the top 10. We're going to take a quick run through the notable changes in the individual rankings, starting with 125 pounds. Wisconsin's Johnny Jimenez trounced Ohio State's Jose Rodriguez 14 to 2 in the dual meet on Friday. As a result, Rodriguez falls from number 9 to 13. Jimenez comes into the rankings at number 20. Oklahoma's Christian Moody also debuts at number 25 after knocking off Missouri's Barlow McGee, who falls to number 22. On a side note, David, Penn State freshman Nick Soriano continues to win. Remains undefeated, posting a pair of victories on the road against number six, Ethan Lezak of Minnesota, and number five, Tim Lambert of Nebraska.
1: Yeah, and I was listening to the live feed of both of those matches, and they both very sort of interesting matches. He well, he gave up his first takedown of the year against uh, Lezak and, and also gave up riding time, but had a big lead when those things happened. And they actually had a coin flip or a a choice thing where he thought he had choice and picked neutral. And then Leezak actually had choice. So kind of the strategy was interesting there. Um, But he continued to prove himself. And, you know, he's in that top tier conversation with uh, Gilman Dance and Rodriguez for sure. So that's good news for Penn State fans.
0: At 133, no changes in the top 25, but top-ranked Corey Clark returns to the Iowa lineup and doesn't allow a point in two matches. you get a chance to watch him, David?
1: I did. Uh, Friday night I got a chance to watch the match with uh, Michigan. And, you yeah, know, he, he looked – I guess it depends how you look at it. If, if you're negative, he didn't look like completely like himself at his peak. But I think if you're positive, he looked really good against a top-flight guy in Misich who you know, for having not really wrestled in a long, long time and obviously coming off some sort of injury. And, you know, I told you this privately, Corey Clark to me is a kid that just finds a way to win. He doesn't always do it in the most pretty or spectacular way, but the kid's a winner and he found a way this weekend and he's got a big test this weekend with Kate Brock. At
0: 141 pounds, a little bit of shakeup in the 10 to 15 range Penn State's Jimmy Gilbon beats Minnesota's Tommy Thorne and then loses to Nebraska's Colton McChrystal. Iowa's Topher Carton slides up to number 11 after scoring a major decision victory against Michigan State's Javier Gasca. Carton is now followed by McChrystal, Gilbon, and Thorne in that order. Pretty interesting stuff there, David. Uh, probably one of the toughest challenges of the week to sort out in that uh, – you know, in all 10 rankings was that 141-pound equation.
1: It was, and, and you were very helpful in, in us pulling up the body of, of work for each of these guys, and your analogy a couple of weeks ago about untangling the the, the white earbuds uh, really applied here. I mean, it's so complicated. I mean, Goulabond's probably got the best win and the worst loss. The crystal started out well, and then, Really wasn't wrestling well for the last couple of weeks and bounced back nicely against Gulabung. Thorne was out the first semester, so doesn't have as many matches. Uh, lost to Moran from Oklahoma State, who's a backup, but would probably be top 25 if he was in a lot of other schools. So at the end of the day, we just did the A beat B, B beat C thing there, and knowing that there's a, that's a very fluid situation. You know, that as these guys get more common opponents within the Big Ten, that's going to sort things out. And and Carton had a big win against Gasco, so that that helps Iowa in the team standings as well.
0: At 149 and 157, no changes at all in the top twenty-five. At one sixty-five, West Virginia's Dylan Cottrell dropped a decision to CSU Bakersfield's Lorenzo de la Riva. Cottrell slides from four down to eight. Iowa Stuck with Joey Gunther rather than true freshman Alex Marinelli at 165 for its weekend road trip through Michigan. Gunther downed Michigan State's Drew Hughes, and he pops into the rankings at number 23. At 174, Princeton's Jonathan Schliefer downs Penn's Casey Kent. Schliefer comes up from 24 to 15, while Kent, who was ranked third for the first nine weeks, slides down to number 16. Matt Reed comes into the rankings for Oklahoma. David. You put him at number twenty four He's coming off a loss by fall, but here's a guy that's got uh, a resume from the past. This certainly was no easy task trying to figure out where to put him either.
1: yeah, so he's around a twelve guy last year, and this year he made the finals of the Lindawood Open up at one eighty four uh and you know had a good tournament there and then I guess it was an eligibility issue. Now he's eligible and he's wrestling. And it was a really sloppy match with Wisman. He was winning, and then he got reversed, and then he got back on top. And then he tried that roll-through tilt, and he slipped off the arm, and Wisman literally just reached back and put him, like, in a junior high headlock and pinned him. And, I mean, he was pinned for sure. But it was just a weird situation. Wisman was on the mat. Reed was completely off the mat, but obviously the boundary rules are different now. And it just seems like he needs to be on the radar. Like, there's a big difference between 24 and 26 where he's not, you know, listed at all. And I I guess I look at his body of work from last year, and I think he deserves to be in the top 24. But if he loses again and he's 0-2 or something like that, we'll have to pull him out.
0: We're going to work in a little bit reverse order here on these last three weights. No major changes at heavyweights. Uh, at 197, Nebraska's Aaron Studebaker continued his recent surge by Penn and Penn State's Matt McCutcheon. The Midlands champ moves up from, to number seven, while McCutcheon drops from six to eight. And a big one of that dual meet, Lincoln-Penn State's Bo Nickel handled Nebraska's Tim Dudley, so they changed spots at two and three. What was your take on those two outcomes?
1: Well, you mentioned 97 first, and I think... The concern if you're a Penn State fan is McCutcheon's not the big 97 pounder. So when he gets against these big kids, um, or big guys, you know, that can be a struggle. And I think that's really what will determine if he can get the right matchups, he probably gets on the podium. If not, he's a round of 12, around of 16 guy. And that weight is very, very top heavy, like a lot of other weights in the Big 10. You know, you've got Farr, you've got Moore, you've got or you've got McCutcheon. You've got Robertson, you've got Berkowitz, so you know half of the top fifteen are they're all going to see each other a bunch, so that familiarity may help or hurt him at eighty four You know we made a decision at the beginning of the year to rank Dudley ahead of Nickel because they both took second, and Dudley was coming back at the same way that Nickel was coming up away, and I don't think there was a clear favor in anybody's mind and Dudley wrestled really well the week before. He won Midlands. He, he won a good bracket. He beat some good guys. And, and Nickel just got after him. It doesn't mean the, the decision can't be different the next time, but some things are going to have to change. That wasn't a lucky win. He scored all the takedowns, and, and Dudley didn't have a lot left for him at the end of the match. So it's awfully impressive. And if you're kind of looking at guys in tears, it feels like Nickel is in that top tier now with Dean and then like the Dudley, Boyd, Zavatsky, Brooks, Jackson, Deckow is like like tier two. So it feels like
0: Miles as Martin. As good as yeah. this
1: weight is, yeah, Miles Martin, but he's clearly not wrestled great, you know, this year. But it feels like at the beginning of the year there was all these all Americans. Nicholas was in the weight, Abinader was in the weight, um and now it feels like you kind of know what the finals are going to be if they all wrestle the way they have the rest of the year.
0: Well, shifting over to the team side of things, we've got a big one coming up this weekend, and we've been talking about the schedule that Iowa has in front of it for January for a couple weeks now. Hawkeyes ranked third, go to Stillwater to take on number one Oklahoma State. And some duels, you know, you have a couple top teams matching up, and there might not be good individual matchups. Uh, throughout the dual meet just because of the matchups. But then there's this and and we've got big time <laughs> clashes up and down the lineup. This is going to be an awesome dual meet. How do you see yeah. this thing shaking out?
1: Well, so a couple of buddies and I, we like to pick these duels and you sort of do it like on a confidence rating and you say, look, which teams are most confident at certain weights? And I think when I looked at this last night, I think 17 of the top 17 or 20 guys are in our top 16. So, I think Iowa feels very confident that Gilman will beat Piccinini. I think Oklahoma State feels confident that Heil will win against Carton. I think Iowa probably has slight confidence about Sorensen over Colica just because he never lost to him in folk style. Even though it's two and three in the rankings, it wouldn't be a big upset. I think... Right now, if you're Oklahoma State, you have to like Chandler Rogers against Gunther. And it feels like a lot of these other matchups are really, really close. I think, excuse me, 97, I think you have to like Ligo over uh, Cash Wilkie. So you got those five matches. And then the other five, if you go through them in weight order, you got Corey Clark coming off an injury against Cade Brock, who's undefeated. So, I mean, in, in another year, Kate Brock could be ranked number two in the country. So that's close. We already talked about two and three at 149. At 157, you've got Kemmer, who's worked his way up to two, and Joe Smith, who, if he, I mean, he did lose a fair match, but if he had won the scuffle, would be ranked two or three, and Kemmer would be the other two or three. So that's a great matchup, toss up. At 74, Meyer and, uh, Crutchmer, they're a little bit apart in the rankings right now, but they always wrestle close matches. 84 Boyd and Sammy Brooks, they're two spots apart in the rankings. And heavyweight, it's, it's a really interesting clash of styles with Schaefer and Stoll. I mean, Stoll's going to try to control the center of the mat, get push-outs, make Schaefer take bad shots. Schaefer's going to try to control distance, get Stoll to walk in the shots, and get his leg attacks off. So... If everything goes right, one of these teams could win seven matches. But it sure feels like it's a five-five split, and you know you could you could call it five-five and still be wrong about four or five of the matches in the duel, and somehow get the team score right. So, I, I've been lucky enough to be at these matches when they're in Gallagher and in Carver, and it is going to be electric. I can tell you that it's going to be a great it's yeah. going to be a great duel to watch.
0: For sure. For sure. And it uh, it's a duel that has some big time implications for the national duels. At the end of the year, you're, you're looking at it right now. The Hawkeyes at three, Oklahoma State at one. Oklahoma State's in prime position to host that national championship duel uh, event. Iowa, as we mentioned, with Penn State, you know, Oklahoma State first, Penn State and Ohio State coming up. The Hawkeyes trying to work their way up into it. The potential that... Uh, You know, if if Iowa can knock off Penn State and uh, and Ohio State, that we could be seeing this thing all over again in in five or six weeks, which would be be incredible as well. But uh, certainly that's a long way off. And and as I mentioned, Penn State and Ohio State have a big say in that as well. Um, Oklahoma State, but they look to be in the driver's seat on the other side, on the non-Big Ten side now with uh, Missouri dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, Virginia Tech could probably, possibly, you know, sneak in there yet, but uh, they're looking good for Oklahoma State on that side of things.
1: Most definitely. And then the other thing that people may not be aware of is how much this can impact the seeding at Nationals. I mean, if you would take 133 as an example, the top four guys right now are all in the Big Ten. So the winner of the Big 12, let's say it holds the seed and it's, Seth Gross against Brock, if Brock were to win against Corey Clark and win out and Corey Clark wins the Big Ten, Cade Brock's the number one seed at Nationals. I mean, that's how it would yep. work because everybody else will have lost. And you go from a guy who's in the six hole to the one hole. It, it, I mean, there's no easy matches, but you certainly want the easiest pass. That you can. I mean, then there's several weights like that. And it's and it's obviously the guy that's at the top that has more to lose. You know, I mean, Topher Carton has gotten into the rankings. If he somehow beat Dean Heil, you know, that would have been huge. It would be huge. We he looked at 49, and when Sorensen went into overtime with Oliver in the Midlands Finals, I mean, I was watching that. And I'm like, if Oliver beats Sorensen, it's very possible that the winner of Oliver, on Mays, gets the number two seed Nationals. You know, I mean, it's just, there's a bunch of implications like that. You know, the same thing with, you know, where does Joe Smith slide in based on winning or losing versus Kemmer? You know, because if you're at that weight, you want to be 2-3. You don't want to be 4-5 on being the same side as NOLF. And a bunch of these things, I mean, we do the rankings, but we don't really do team rankings. We just rank 10 weights and then, you know, use the Google document to sort it out. But there's a bunch of these things where, it's going to change teams, you know, teams' brackets. And I get coaches, they have to say, look, we just got to wrestle right. We can't control the brackets. And they're right. But it does make a difference. Your path to the finals, your path even to the semis, where you get guaranteed points, is huge. And a lot of guys wrestle free and easy once they know that all they got to do is make weight in the morning and they're in the top six. So there's the 33 match is gigantic for for the the seating there's a bunch of weights that are like that and and heavyweights kind of like that because you know even if Snyder and medbury are one two or and nevels i mean you never know sam Stoll could sneak in there and if schaefer gets a win over Stoll, that's huge for him and it's actually really big for jacob casper jacob casper is a huge austin schaefer fan this weekend so i mean there's a bunch of things like that that will really impact the brackets at nationals and you know if you're a guy that likes all this stuff, it's just fascinating
0: to see where all the chips are going to fall. Well, we got a a potential big one, uh, down at Virginia duels. You can watch the Virginia duels on track wrestling this weekend. Uh, Virginia tech is in that field. Arizona state is in that field. We may see a big one with, uh, Epperly and Zahid Valencia, 174 pounds. Um, you know, we didn't get a chance to see that out in Vegas. Uh, but, uh, you know, hopefully, at some point this weekend, we get to see that matchup. What do you, uh, what else do you have your eye on for the coming weekend, David?
1: Well, that's that's a big match. That might be the biggest match of all of them um, this week on Match Chat. We're talking to Mike uh, Dixon from Old Dominion, so I'm hoping we do the reverse Sports Illustrated curse and Arizona State, Virginia Tech, and Old Dominion. I'll make it into the top three or four. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, interesting individual matchups. I mean, you got like, I mean, Nathan Crazer, the kids from Bucknell, you know, ODU's got a couple guys ranked in there at 84-97. and So those duels are really interesting. And then there's some other just kind of sneaky good duels this weekend. I mean, Wisconsin-Nebraska is a sneaky good duel. Um, and then Ohio State and Illinois, especially at 133, you and I were talking about that that's a great duel. There's just a lot of these matches where, again, I don't really look at the team who wins the duel. Like, you know, Missouri lost to Oklahoma last weekend, but they had a bunch of guys out of the lineup and didn't make weight and stuff like that. It really didn't change the team rankings or the individual rankings that much. But I look for the individual matchups, and that's why the duels like Iowa-Oklahoma State are so fascinating. And there probably is the all ACT-SAT matchup this weekend with Stanford at Penn. So there's a lot of 1600s huh. and 36s there. So if you get Northwestern and a try meet, I think you'd have it just about covered. So, yeah, uh, but Harvard. again, just a lot more. Yeah, Harvard in there, Princeton, Joe Dubuque's guys. So, but there's uh, there's a lot of good matchups. Iowa State and North Carolina's got some good matchups. So um, that's good. That would be Ramos and Weatherspoon. So you know, there's just a bunch of individual matchups where guys will hit up the virginia duels will be fascinating to watch though you know when you can watch a bunch of guys wrestle like that in dual meet format it's really cool and uh so i mean i think that'll be fun and i think it'll probably be if i had to guess i mean based on tournament strength it sure looks like it's v tech and nasu in the finals and that would you know hopefully they'd start that duel at 84 that would be fun
0: yeah no doubt for sure that would be a lot of fun uh Anything else that you want to cover this week? No, I, I hope
1: that, uh, I mean, I know, you know, I hope a lot of people take a chance and watch those Virginia duels this week. And there's a lot of ranked guys from these teams. Like I think almost every single team in there has at least one guy ranked in our rankings. So that's, that's really cool. And then um, if you're in the Midwest, the, the dual Sunday between Iowa and Oklahoma States on Fox sports Midwest, but so that's a great, great duel too. And um, we'll be doing our thing on Sunday night, gathering all the data points up and putting this thing together because it's uh, it's going to be another fun jigsaw puzzle to put together. Um, I, I'm interested to see if Iowa and Ohio State kind of wrestle themselves back into those, those spots where the top four uh, team points are a lot closer. That's kind of, I don't look at it that way in terms of, of doing the rankings, but I'll be interested if the results turn out that way.
0: Yeah, they aren't far off from uh, that happening. You mentioned in last week's show just how close Iowa is to making some serious gains here with Soul outside uh, the top eight and and uh, um, some other guys there on the periphery. Meyer, um, Carton, not far off. Uh, Marinelli, if they choose to bring him out, uh, you know, we had him at 11 last week. Um, so that could tighten up in a hurry. If Miles Martin gets hot here the second half of the season – um, you know, Micah Jordan for Ohio State talking about those guys, they can make a bump uh-huh. up. Um so it it certainly could get tight in a hurry. It wasn't uh it wasn't that f- there wasn't that much separation about three or four weeks ago until uh uh you know, really till Penn State got hot here with Neville's moving up the, the charts and, and uh um you know Soriano making a couple spot leap here recently, uh Vincenzo yeah. Joseph um, you know, all those little moves, you know, moving one or two spots, if you get uh, two or three or four guys moving a spot or two, it makes a big difference in the, uh, power absolutely index right. And, it's, and, uh, it's
1: absolutely right. It's so crazy. And, and people that don't follow the numbers, I mean, like when you watch those do or die matches and those guys jump, that's, that's a three point, three and a half point match. It's like when you go from the quarters to the semis, that's seven points. You know, that's, you know, like Tiger Woods used to say, that's moving day. You know, so these guys that can make these jumps, I mean, I, I still think Iowa's got a, a really good chance. Right now, it looks like they have four guys in the finals. And, you know, at least in the rankings, and, you know, they've got, they look like they could place in almost every other wave, except maybe 97. I mean, it's pretty scary if you put four in the finals and nine All-Americans and you're not the favorite. Somebody's really good if that happens.
0: Yeah. So, and even you know. even in '97, we're talking about a weight that, uh, you know, I, I talked to Riley Lefever about this out at uh, the multi-divisional national duels. And Riley, if, if you're not familiar with him, is a three-time Division Three national champion from Wabash. Uh, he won the, the Harold Nichols Cyclone Open. He wrestled in the finals of the Eastern Michigan Open. Um, uh, wrestled at Midlands as well. So he's gone uh, up against um, a lot of these guys in the uh, six to 15, 18 range uh, beaten quite a few of them. He's, he's dropped a couple matches here and there to those guys. And we were talking about it. It really seems like um, basically after the top three or four, maybe five um, on down to 20, we're seeing a lot of turnover in there and guys, uh um a lot of parity in those in those weights, and yeah. and, and even like a, you know what's interesting to me is even a guy like uh, you know we haven't talked about him a whole lot on this show this year, but uh, Jacob Berkowitz from from Northwestern was four and fourteen last year, and you look at his body of work for his entire career, you're talking about a guy that in in his entire career is one and twenty four in Big Ten matches. And he's turned it around this year, and he posted a win over Brett Harner. Uh, he pinned Brett Harner at Midlands. He, he came back, finished eighth at Midlands. Um, he's posted some other wins against ranked opponents. I think uh, you know we got Berkowitz sitting there, I think, maybe at 15 this week in the rankings uh-huh. at 197. So, um, you know, a, a guy that I'm sure has made some progress in his career, but it also speaks to the parity um from that yeah. uh, outside of, of that really, uh, you know, outside of Jaden Cox and Brett Farr and, and and even Jared Haught in there. And Colin Moore has yeah. made some progress as well. And you mentioned Weigel. But these matches are close. And and if, uh, you know, somebody like Iowa could get uh, Cash Wilkie up there in the rankings a little bit. I mean, he's outside the top 25, kind of in that periphery. Um, also with, you know, we saw McCutcheon. You know, guy comes up as their backup 84-pounder for Penn State. And within, you know, I think two, three weeks into the season, yeah. after he decides, you know, he's no longer in a butt heads with, with Bo Nickel anymore, I'm going to go up to 197. We see him make a surge all the way up to number six. So that's a weight that really is sitting out there waiting to be had for uh, a team to make a move in the, in, in the team rankings.
1: Oh, well, we saw that last year with Pat Downey, right? Like, I mean, he wasn't on anybody's radar. Obviously a really talented guy, but, you know, didn't even make the finals of the Big 12s. And then not only he was a places, seed. really. Yeah. yeah. The Big 12s, yeah. Yeah, and, and the Big 12s, right? Not the Nationals, the Big 12s. And, you know, comes in and not only places, but 10s guys. I mean, you look at, like, Brent Harder. He started the year at four, and he's at 16 now. I don't think anybody would be surprised if that guy placed. And whenever you say there's a guy who's not in the top eight that's going to place, by definition, you're saying somebody who's in the top eight isn't going to. So that's a really important weight for Oklahoma State and Ohio State in particular, because they're the ones that are ranked the highest there and they need to hold serve, you know. And, you know, they, like, you know, McCutcheon, there's a huge difference between being ranked eight or nine. And there's mm-hmm. really not much difference between McCutcheon, Rotary, Beasley, you know, they're all nip and tuck there so it's going to be really interesting to see who wins those those one-point matches and again in a lot of these weights like you said where there's parity it's the the draw will determine a lot you know i mean we're looking yep. like look at 84 pat Downey's again he's ranked 10th no one would be shocked if that guy placed but if he places there's i mean we still have 10 all americans at that weight that's insane mm-hmm. i mean yep. yeah so there's gonna be a lot of good wrestling and it's gonna sort a lot of it'll I don't even know if it'll sort itself out, um, but it'll it it all comes back to what we talk about. You have to try to rank on body of work and not rank on just what you think is going to happen, because that's not the second part isn't fair. You have to reward guys in the rankings with what they've done and that's you know how they should be seated. That's I think that's the fairest way to do it, and we try our best.
0: Well, hey, that'll do it for this week's edition of our rankings breakdown. Thank you, as always, David Mercatani. Thank you, sir. And you guys can check back to trackwrestling.com. You can check out our rankings on trackwrestling.com. If you're listening to us on the Track Wrestling portal and you want to listen to us on the go, you can download and listen on itunes through the matt talk podcast network if you're already listening to us there be sure to go to trackwrestling.com and you can check out rankings there you can also check out uh, all the coverage that we'll have um throughout the weekend previewing the iowa oklahoma state duel previewing the virginia duel so uh Check that stuff out and check back to trackwrestling.com next week. Dave and I will be back for another breakdown of what transpires on the week uh, on the mat in the days to come. So thanks again for listening.